Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Good rain falls on bad people and good people, just people and unjust people alike. Think about that. How about when James says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above? (laughs) Good things happen to bad people and good people. Every good and perfect gift happens to just and unjust people alike. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Job. All people, whether they're good or bad, will experience good things. When they do, it's a gift from God. Pastor J.D. teaches us that God does not exclusively bless good deeds with good blessings. In fact, we may find that like Job, if we're faithful to God, we will earn ourselves a harsh trial, which will not likely feel good at the time. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. and Job chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There's nothing wrong with asking God why. Sometimes God will not answer your why question. And such is the case here with Job. God never answers this for him. And the reason is interesting. The reason that God cannot reveal to Job why it is that he is suffering so is because doing so would defeat the entire purpose of his suffering. Think about this. Let me think through this with me. Let's just say that God were to acquiesce to Job's plea, which you got to know, God would love nothing more than to be able to say, Job, just hang in there just a little bit longer. I got a huge bet riding on this. (laughs) You're going to make it. I know that you're going to make it. And and you'll see that you're going to make it. Just just hang in there a little bit longer. Okay, maybe like another 20-some chapters longer, (laughs) which seems like an eternity. But you're going to see how this is going to end. And oh my goodness, we know again how it ends. God restores everything to Job twice as much. Everything is restored once he passes this test, as it were. But think about this. If God were to somehow answer this for him, it would be like giving him the test answers so that he passes the test. Well, that's cheating. That's not fair. And it would defeat the entire purpose. Because see, he's got to prove himself faithful in the face of what would arguably be unspeakable pain and suffering for what could be an elongated period of time. And in the end, still not curse God, which he won't. But he's got to go through that whole process. And that's why God can't answer him. And I think about that in our lives as Christians. Oh, how many times have we longed for God to 
explain to us why it is that he's allowing this trial into our lives. Why God? Why God? Why God are you allowing this to happen? And yet, God remains silent. There's no answer. There's no response. And then we just continue in this anguish of the soul as we suffer in the trial that has been allowed into our lives. And yet it still seems that heaven is silent and God withholds the answer from us. Oh, would to God that we would just trust Him and know that in the end He will, because He has given us His word that He will, bring good no matter how bad it is. That's just who He is, and that's just how He is. Here's our problem though. We can believe that by faith. That God will work all things together for the good. But here's where we struggle. We don't know how He's going to do it. We don't know the way He's going to do it. And even worse yet, this is the one we really struggle with, we don't know when. Ooh, when. Because you want God to do it yesterday. And God says, I can't do it yesterday. I can't even do it today. In fact, I can't even do it tomorrow. Because if I do it tomorrow, it's going to defeat the whole purpose. You have no idea what I'm doing, and you can't know what I'm doing. How how is it possible for man in the finite to comprehend a God in the infinite? It is impossible. And I think of it this way too, because even if God were to, again, acquiesce and try, even attempt to answer our why questions, you know what would happen, right? We would have more why questions. Remember when your kids were little and they're like, why is the sky blue? And you try to answer it. And here you're, you know, because God made it blue. Why did God make it blue? Because God likes blue. Why does God like blue? Well, because that's the color of the ocean. Why is the color of the ocean blue? Ay, 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 ay. I can't, you know, you just, it just, and <laughs> you can go on <laughs> for infinity. That's the point. Finite cannot comprehend the infinite. And so God cannot, in His love for Job, God cannot answer the why question of Job. This actually ties into the second thought, which has to do, and this this is really interesting. Um, I don't know if you noticed this as we've been going through this, but uh, notice what Job is not asking for. He's asking God to answer for him, why, God, is this happening? I, I, my life is blameless before you. I, my, my heart righteous before you. Why are you allowing such unspeakable pain and suffering into my life? He, he, he's asking God that. But what he's not asking God for is for physical healing. That's interesting to me. Now why do I point that out? Because conspicuously absent from the narrative is any mention of Job asking for a healing from what's happened to him physically. And you won't find it throughout. 
we got a lot more uh, chapters in the book of Job to go through. Here we are in just chapter 11. Now, here's a thought as to why it is that Job's only question, the only thing he's asking God for is, why why are you doing this to me? Why does it seem like you're against me? Is because Job's only concern is his relationship with the God he loves. The God, by the way, that he will never curse, no matter what. That's the only thing. Boils from head to toe. God, are we good? You can cover me from head to toe with all the boils you want, but if we're not good between me and you, that's my only concern. My only concern is my relationship with you, Lord. Forget the physical. Forget the emotional. Forget even the psychological. I'm only concerned about the spiritual. Wow. Maybe that's one of the reasons, if not the reason, as to why it is that Job will never curse God. He loves God. He loves God. And he's lost all of his children. And, and he's not even asking for comfort with the loss of the death of his children. I, I've lost a child. I, I know what that pain feels like. I, I felt pain in parts of my heart. I never knew you could feel pain. And here Job has lost all ten of his children. And the only thing he's asking God about is, what did I do against you, God? How have I sinned against you, God? Tell me, show me, because I need to make it right. I'll repent in a second. If you just show me what it is, I'll confess it. I'll do whatever it takes. That is his sole concern, is his relationship with God. Something's been severed. And he knows not what. And nothing else is of any consequence to this man. I just uh, thought of a uh, time in my wife's in my life before uh, we had children. We tried for 10 years, could not have children. We pleaded with God. They they gave us these uh, medical explanations like in, in unexplainable infertility, uh, we would get pregnant, we would lose the baby in a miscarriage, one in the second trimester. We lost one baby by way of an ectopic, very serious. And um, after 10 years, finally, we get pregnant again. And uh, this was when God just spoke to me, not audibly, didn't need to be, that he was going to give me a son. And this was in response to a vow that I made to him, that if he would give me a son that I would sell my business and I would go into the ministry and I would serve him all the days of my life. Well, what's interesting is once he was born, my wife says to me something, it was probably one of the most profound things she's ever said to me in all of the years we've been married. We celebrate our 30th year of marriage this year. She said this, she said, I thought I ached for a son, for a child but what I really ached for was God. 
I thought God was mad at me. That's why I was barren. I thought that God was against me. That's why He would not give me children. In other words, I thought I, I really wanted a child, but what I really needed was to know that God and I were good that God wasn't punishing me, that God wasn't angry with me. My only, what was the ache of my soul, the anguish of my soul, was my relationship with the Lord. I'll tell you, that that hit me. That hit me hard. Because that's really what it's all about in the end, isn't it? All of the other stuff on the peripheral is of no consequence. It is inconsequential. The only thing, that deep longing of our soul, that anguish in our soul is, are we good with God? Are we right with God? Because when we're right with God, then everything else is okay. When we're good with God and there's no enmity between us and God, then everything else doesn't matter. And that's the case here with Job, chapter 11, verse 1. <laughs> then Zophar, the Naamathite, answered and said, verse 2, Should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be vindicated? Should your empty talk make men hold their peace? Okay. <laughs> I do not like this guy. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) And when you mock, should no one rebuke you? For you have said, my doctrine is pure, and I am clean in your eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you. Oh, by the way, God will speak, and God will open his lips, and it won't be against Job. It'll be against this guy and these other two so-called friends. (laughs) Verse 6, that he would show you the secrets of wisdom, for they would double your prudence. Know therefore that God exacts from you less than your iniquity deserves. Do you know what what he's saying there? He's basically saying this. All that's already happened to you, that's less than what you really deserve, Job. Are you kidding me? Wait, uh, Zophar, you're telling me that my ten children are dead? I'm I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm hideous, look at me, you can't look at me, you can't even look me in the eye, we saw that two weeks ago. He says, look at me in the eye, look at me. They can't even look at him. They would, they would wince just at the sight of him. You're telling me that I deserve more than this? That my sin is so grievous that what I am experiencing is actually less than what I deserve? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying to Job. You know, you'd, you'd almost think that (laughs) verse 7 would read, And Job cast stones and killed Zophar until he was dead. It doesn't say that. 
It says, verse 7, this guy keeps talking. (laughs) Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Their measure, verse 9, is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by in prisons and gathers to judgment, then who can hinder him? For he knows deceitful men. He sees wickedness also. You know what he's saying there, right? He's saying to Job, uh, you're a deceitful man. Uh, Job, you're a wicked man. Will he not then consider it, verse 12, for an empty-headed man (laughs) will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. Let me uh, expound on verse 12 if you don't mind. And I'm going to do it even if you do mind, because here's what he's saying to Job. Um, Someone like you will become wise when a donkey gives birth to a man. No, that's what he's saying. Want me to read it again? Let me read it again. For an empty-headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born of a man. Born a man. In other words, if you see a wild donkey's colt giving birth to a man, then that would be akin to you being wise. In other words, it's an impossibility. That's never going to happen. You being wise, never going to happen. If I'm Job, right about now, um, homicide, yeah, premeditated uh, murder. And don't look at me all spiritual because you'd do the same thing. My hands, boil-filled hands, are around this guy's neck in a, in a second. In Jesus' name. So, verse 13, (laughs) if you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands towards Him, this carries with it the idea of you you just lay it all out before God. If iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear because you would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed away and your life would be brighter than noonday. Though you were dark, you would be like the morning. And you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest in safety. You would also lie down and no one would make you afraid. Yes, many would court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail and they shall not escape and their hope, loss of life. What he's saying here to Job is, if you would but confess, repent, and forsake your sin, just open your hands before God and plead with God, and put away your wickedness, (laughs) then He will restore you. That's the only thing that stands in between you and all of this coming to an end. He's basically echoing what his other two ugly friends, and I'm sorry to say that, but these are ugly friends, so-called, He's echoing what they're accusing Job of. Job, (laughs) because this is their theology, remember. And, And lest we be too harsh on them, we should probably consider 
how our response is when we hear of somebody who has just been stricken with something unspeakable in their lives. Is not our first response, oh, there must be sin in their life. That's why this is happening to them. No, think about that. Isn't that what we default to and think about when we hear about somebody who's had something horrible happen? God's God's chastising them for some sin in their life. Why do we do that? Why are they doing that to Job? Because that's our theology. Good things happen to good people, and bad things happen to bad people. And Job, this is a bad thing. That means, that means you've done something really, really bad to deserve this. That's our theology. And oh, by the way, that's also Job's theology, which is why he's so confused, so beside himself, so full of doubt, because it's jamming his gears. (laughs) I'm righteous before you, not sinless, blameless, righteous before you. I have not sinned against you, yet what I am experiencing is only experienced by those who have sinned greatly against you. So this doesn't add up to me, God. Good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. Right? Wrong. Wrong. You know that um, proverb uh, that says that the rain uh, will fall on the just and the unjust? When I was uh, a young believer, I thought that was God just, I mean, blasting both the just and the unjust. Yeah, the rain falls on the just and the unjust too. Get them, God. Until I found out and learned that rain is a good thing, In other words, good rain falls on bad people and good people, just people and unjust people alike. Think about that. How about when James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. (laughs) Good things happen to bad people and good people. Every good and perfect gift happens to just and unjust people alike. And so Job's theology will change when this is all said and done. I think it was Oswald Chambers that said uh, he has completely had his creed, as Chambers refers to it, dismantled. It's completely destroyed. He's completely gotten rid of it now. Because all that he has believed to be true about God has now been proven untrue. The book of Job shares the story of a man who has lost everything but still clung to his faith in the goodness of God. This is an unusual concept, especially in a world that typically blames God for the evil that is around the world. God is still good no matter the difficulties you are facing in your own life. God is in control, and He will bring things to the conclusion He knows is right and perfect. He provides the peace and comfort you'll need to endure as well. Along with the strength to continue forging ahead, trust God, He's on your side. We hope you found encouragement and blessing through today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We'd love to connect with you, so please take time to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
Follow our links to Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and join the conversation already happening there. You'll learn more about our ministry at our website as well, and be able to catch the latest editions of the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes a look at current events of the world and compares them with scriptural teachings, sharing what God is teaching him through it all. You'll find these updates at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com as well as on our mobile app for Apple and Android phones. That brings us to the end of our time with you today. There's much more to discover in the book of Job. We hope you'll read ahead and ask God to reveal His truth through the words on the page. Join us on the next edition of In Spirit and Truth as Pastor J.D. continues his study in Job. Holding me true.